5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barm filling in for the P-Man. Chris Cook. I don't know what name he goes by now. He has like 20 nicknames. The guy that's always iced out. No, you can't give yourself a nickname, dude. No, I pulled up today in some like beautiful clothes. Like I'm feeling great. <sighs> this guy, this <laughs> Chris Cook on the ones and twos. Welcome What's in going on? to the Patrick Johnson Show. The P-Man felt a little bit under the weather. So in the meantime, we're stepping in. The heroes of the day. Should be back tomorrow live at 5 right here on 94.3 The Game. Let's get into... Uh, couple of things that happened over the weekend, especially with ECU, a loaded weekend in terms of ECU news. Um, obviously, we had some basketball yesterday, uh, women's team back in action tomorrow, men's basketball back in action Wednesday, a former Pirate showing out in football. Let's get right into it, starting with ECU men's basketball, as they officially dropped to an 11-11 on the season and 2-7 and in conference play. Uh, not a good look for the Pirates as they hosted Wichita State yesterday, Wichita State Always appears to be the, a thorn in the Pirates' side since they have joined the AAC. And uh, Shockers had clear intentions of avoiding kind of a season sweep as they visited Menjis yesterday. ECU kind of sweetened the pot a little bit at the end as they went on a 12-2 and run. But that really did not tell the story of the game. The score didn't tell the story of the game as the Pirates were simply outmatched and dominated the whole way through. Leading at one point, the Shockers by 27 points Did you uh, about eight minutes to go. Did you by any chance see that crazy alley-oop? Yes, oh, I did, did yeah. Oh, that was so crazy. I, saw, I almost stood up like in the press area. Like, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, it, it was not a good sight nonetheless. Uh, Wichita State scored a season high 49 points to take a 49-28 lead into the locker room at the half. And uh, the Shockers simply dominant in the first half. They shot 60% from the floor, and many of those coming from uh, point-blank range on, like, dunks or layups, which you would think for the parts, for the most part, they have very good forwards um, that they probably would have dominated in that aspect, especially when you consider when it comes to rebounding around the glass, the parts have done really well, even in games they've lost in, but not the case in this game. EC went 10 of 30 from the field as well as in the first half. And four of 18 from the three, good enough for 22.2% to open the half. Not good whatsoever in the part shooting issues, especially from three, continue to plague them. A little bit of a different story in the second half, still not all that great. At the end of the day, R.J. Felton led the way of 22 points, earning a nod on the conference's honor roll this week. Um, he was 2 of 11 from three-point range nonetheless, something that continues to plague R.J. in these recent games. And then Quentin DeBougier, as he works his way back into the lineup, uh, had a pretty solid game. Uh, pretty much he scored 12 and all of that coming in the first half. And then Benjamin Biello continues to be an interesting story, a guy who really struggled and quite frankly didn't look like a D1 basketball player at the beginning of the season, has really settled in and had some really good minutes and some really good three-pointers and some really good games here recently coming off the bench for the Pirates. Scored 18 and knocked down five three-point attempts. That's a guy we might have to look down or look to 
later in conference player later here in the season and some somebody we can look forward to moving forward the fact that his development has come along and uh it gives me a lot of hope and uh it, it keeps me buying into what mike schwartz is doing the fact that he can get a guy like that to develop despite the recent struggles or really struggling in the first half of the season. Yeah, and they're going to have to find someone to step up, like with the absence of Javon Small. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will give credit to Ben Biala. Like Both Schwartz and the other players have said that he's consistently getting better and improving, so that's good to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a matter with him, and uh, Schwartz even told me this, it's a matter of him finding his confidence and just getting acclimated to D1 game. I mean, this was a guy that was playing Juco ball, I believe, last year and uh, just getting acclimated a lot of times when you saw him in the floor the earlier year he didn't look comfortable he didn't look like he looked lost quite frankly like he didn't quite know where to go on the floor and that's just a matter of getting acclimated to the d1 game and uh, it seems like he's really settling in and a guy that could be a key contributor for the parts moving forward um ecu finished the game shooting 37.3 percent from the field just absolutely abysmal 31.4% 31.4% from three-point range. Not bad considering how the Pirates have been from three and how inconsistent they've been from three this year. Wichita State was simply money. They shot 50% for the game and 35.7% from three. And uh, Pirates eventually lost, or the Shockers avenged their 77-67 to 67 loss earlier in the year uh, back in Kansas. And the Pirates now fought 11-11 in a loss to Wichita State at home. I'm just going to continue to say and continue to hammer home. Just stay stay with this team. Uh, continue to hang in there. It's first year under a new head coach. A lot of new moving pieces coming in. They're still trying to buy in. They're still trying to find their way. This is not an easy conference to play in, as we see. Could potentially be a three-bid league this year. One of those teams, and I believe in UCF, who I didn't really have high on the totem pole coming into the year, uh, also looking like a tournament team or a possible tournament team. Just like as we've come to know with the Americans, it's a very competitive league across the conference and as a whole, um, very well balanced. And uh, you're going to have games like this night in and night out. And uh, just hang in there. Mike Schwartz is building a good thing. Uh, he seems to be a good players coach and a good X and O's guy. And, you know, he's building it on defense. The Pirates have been solid at rebounding and on the glass. I think we've seen a lot of promising things that so far this year under his first year that can carry over to next year. That's what the transfer portal forbidding. If the transfer portal dies down a little bit, I like what we have right now with the Pirates, and I like to go grab some guys in the transfer portal as well and get even better. Moving on, probably the best thing in Pirate news over the weekend was the fact Holton Aylers really shined at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl that aired on the NFL Network Saturday. Of course, he was named the uh, Collegiate Bowl MVP. Tends to be a trend here with Holton Aylers, the fact that he played in the Hula Bowl, I believe, last week. Got the MVP in that game this week or this past week over the weekend. Played in the Collegiate Bowl and also got MVP. Holton Aylers had some really good numbers in that game. Uh, he was 9 of 12 on his passes for that game for 189 yards and one score as his team and the American beat the national team 19 to 17. Uh, and it makes his third straight award in consecutive games participated in. Of course, he got the Birmingham Bowl MVP the Hula Bowl MVP, and now he's got that Collegiate Bowl MVP. And the big question with Holton right now is how much does that raise his NFL stock? Because a lot of NFL draft media pundits have him projected to be an undrafted free agent. Does it hurt or does it help his stock enough 
or you can potentially see him be a draft pick is the big question. I don't think it uh, is going to help his case enough for the draft, but I do think it may help his case for, say, he makes it on a practice squad for maybe a coach wanting to give him a chance, uh, yep. put him on the active roster. I think that definitely uh, helps his case in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. He's very versatile. I mean, we've seen early in his career he's very mobile. He kind of dialed that back a little bit here in recent years um, and really developed his passing game, so he's very versatile in that aspect. And when it comes to the mental aspect of the game, which if you're going to have a, like, let's face it, he'll probably be a backup. Not going to say he never, he's never going to start in the NFL if he does get there. But for the early part of his career, he's, I mean, it's pretty clear he's going to be a backup. A lot of times coaches are looking for the guys that are very mentally sound and very smart. They got the X's and O's figured out. Somebody who can help in the locker room with just their knowledge of the game in general. And I think Holton's definitely got that figured out. He's already a leader. I think he's a, probably a top five leader we've ever seen all time at ECU. And I don't think that's like a ridiculous statement or a hot take there. Oh, no, that's indisputable for he's, sure. I think he's an asset in the locker room just with his mind alone and his football knowledge alone. And I think that would definitely help. And with these recent performances on a national stage and these recent bowl games, that's definitely going to help his stock. And I'll continue to hammer this on. I even said this during the year. We have other leagues nowadays with the USFL and the XFL where you can make a living playing football if it's not in the NFL. And I think Holton can definitely thrive in those leagues and be a really staple for years to come in those leagues as they try to gain traction and really hit the ground running. So good to see that from Holton. Uh, the two other guys that were in there, and C.J. Johnson and Noah Henderson, got invites, but for whatever reason they traveled and they were at the game but did not participate. Nonetheless, C.J. will have a chance to make up for it as he did get a combine invite, so not too worried about C.J. there. And Noah Henderson is a guy on the offensive line that the Pirates have uh, had at tackle playing this year and starting at tackle. He's a guy, even before the season, NFL draft media pundits were hammering home. He's going to be like kind of an under-the-radar guy that a lot of NFL GMs and a lot of a couple of different NFL teams are looking at, almost like Deontay Smith, where he's going to go under the radar. But there's a lot of scouts very high on Noah Henderson. So not too worried about those guys, despite the fact they didn't play in the bowl game. Oh, now, C.J. Johnson, that's a guy that I see being a legitimate, like, like this dude could be a problem in the NFL. Yeah. Seriously. And, and the big question with him and the big thing that's going to determine his NFL draft stock or his NFL fate is that this combine, it's all going to come down his 40 time. I mean, that's much of the way it goes for receivers nowadays. But he's got the size. He makes the tough gut where you got to get up there and grab him catches, the Moss-type catches. Um, he's a very physical receiver. Like I said, he's got the size. Um, he's got He's got all the tangibles and the intangibles. The only thing that would probably be in question is his speed. If he is a solid 40 time, I definitely can see him sticking around somewhere. Uh, yeah, I would say that too. And I would even say the same for Keaton Mitchell as well mm -hmm. as he uh, enters the draft. Yeah, and I, I was getting to that. but um, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I'm glad you brought it up because it escaped me there for a second. But when I started that statement, I had that in mind as well. With Keaton's size, you know, a lot of people are going to be skeptical. Um, but we've even, you know, having Joseph Sampson on, you know, a guy that played with these guys uh, just – just as recent as this past year. Uh, he tells me, you know, don't overlook his pass blocking and run blocking abilities. He's actually a very sound and solid blocker, uh, something people are very skeptical about. We know that when he has that breakaway speed, nobody's catching him. We'll see if that changes in the NFL game. And like I said, it all, like you've said, it all comes down to his 40 time. He's just got to prove it on paper and in front of eyes and NFL scouts. And I think you can potentially see Keaton uh, cemented as somebody who actually gets drafted in the NFL draft, and it just comes down to his NFL 40 time. 
Oh yeah, he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. I'm not either. He's yeah. lightning fast. Lightning yeah. fast. And we've seen in the NFL nowadays, when it comes to running backs, size does not really matter anymore. No, the small guys are some of the best guys. Yeah. That's just the way I it mean, is now. Christian McCaffrey, that was a big knock on him. Can he run in between the tackles? Well, Christian McCaffrey, I still stand by the fact, even though he's not a Panther, he's the best running back we've seen in the past 10 years, I think, in the NFL. Just because he's so versatile, he can do everything. He's up there. Yeah. I'm not going to say he's the best, but... I'm uh, saying he, the best. Uh, see, I'm say, Saquon, by. even though he can't stay healthy, I'm saying Saquon, man. I'm not. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say he's a one-trick pony, but, I mean, health is a big factor. That, no, that's, been, a, that's, that's a been, huge factor. That's been the yeah. knock on Christian McCaffrey as well, but Saquon, he's more of a power back. He can work in the pass game a little bit, but we've literally seen McCaffrey do it all. Saquon's a generational talent, man. If I don't he can think stay so, healthy, no. that uh, we're getting I'm, off on a tangent. I'm not here, even convinced yeah. Saquon was still the right pick for the Giants. But moving on, oh, that I, is a hot take. He was, you know, he was this really hyped college NFL running back. But as we see every year in the NFL draft, there's at least five really good running backs come out of the draft you can get in the later rounds. Alvin Kamara was a third round pick. Yeah. You see it every year, man. No, it's Saquon's like that. Well, they don't even I'm want to. sticking by that. It doesn't seem like he's sticking around with the Giants. When he but. wins MVP next year, we're going to come back to this show and back say I was MVP, right. MVP, you goof. Anyways, nonetheless, we're getting off on a tangent here. I want to wrap it up ECU women's basketball. They had a disappointing performance at home last week against Memphis. But they have a big ball game coming up that can really, really, really determine the fate of the rest of their season and give them a lot of momentum moving forward. As they're taking on a women's basketball powerhouse in South Florida, they've really been the team to beat in the AAC. If you don't know much about women's basketball, and let's face it, a lot of people don't, and that's fine. It's still a growing sport. Uh, I would equate South Florida not in terms of conference play, they've been as dominant as Houston has been in men's basketball. They are great. They're a powerhouse of women's basketball. They're 20-4 and four on the season so far, number one in the standings. EC women's basketball currently sits at four in the standings, so it could be a huge game for them. Danae McNeil and Amaya Joyner have been a really great duo. Uh, it's going to be fun to see that. It comes your way in Tampa tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Coming up on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show, taking a look at the conference championship games in the NFL all that and much more on the other side, right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. On your flagship home of Pirate Football. 94.3 The Game. Valentine's Day is almost here. This year, want to do something special and different? Here's my suggestion. Fifth Street Hardware in downtown Greenville. They're planning a special night for you and your sweetie. It's a four-course dinner that will make Valentine's Day extra special. Start the evening with super salad, either the sweet corn bisque or a wedge or Caesar salad. Then choose an appetizer, either firecracker shrimp, southwestern chicken egg rolls, or mango glazed chicken lollipop. Your entree choices are prime rib, parmesan-crusted chicken, lasagna, your rolls, surf and turf, or a veggie plate. Top it all off with one of Fifth Street Hardware's delicious desserts. New York cheesecake, three-layer chocolate Swiss cake, or a dessert trio. All of this in a fabulous atmosphere for just $80 per couple. But don't wait. Reservations are filling up fast for the Valentine's Day dinner at Fifth Street Hardware. Please call for seating at either 6 p.m. or 7.30. Make this Valentine's one your sweetie will remember at Fifth Street Hardware in downtown Greenville in the old hardware building in the former Winslow's location. 
If you've been injured in an accident and need cash now before your case settles, Oasis Financial can help. Last month, Oasis helped over 3,000 people. Why not you? If you have an attorney, call Oasis Financial today at 877-266-9107. It takes just three minutes to apply. And once you're approved, get $500 to $100,000 of your settlement in as little as 24 hours with no risk to you. That's right. Get $500 to $100,000 within one day. If you lose your case, you don't have to pay Oasis back, ever. So call Oasis today to see if you qualify at 877-266-9107. That's 877-266-9107. Better days start today. Get the cash you need with Oasis. Call Oasis today at 877-266-9107. Oasis is currently not providing legal funding in Arkansas, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, North Dakota, or West Virginia. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! That means those pregame barbecues with an ice-cold Pepsi? Totally back! Your perfectly placed football-watching corner seat, back and comfy as ever. 18 Sundays of touchdown scoring, Hail Mary throwing, ice cold Pepsi flowing football action. You better believe it's back. And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. And when we say always, we mean always. Like when your lawn is looking less like a lawn and more like a jungle. If the game's on, then the lawnmower ain't. And those gutters you haven't cleaned, today is not their day. Or maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. That's what I like. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barm filling in for the P-Man. Feeling a little under the weather. We hope he gets well soon and we'll hear from him tomorrow. Chris Cook on the ones and twos and alongside me. Woo! <laughs> Woo! We have a soundbite for that, but I, I kind of like that better. No, give mine's me one, better. We give need me a soundbite of me doing it. it comes in th- there you go. I was about to say, it comes in threes. Uh, getting into these conference championship games, the first one in the NFC. Not much to be said, but we'll get into it. Uh, disappointing game, nonetheless. That was the one I was looking more f- more towards than um, as opposed to the AFC Championship game. It's because it was new. A lot of new new faces in it. You know, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, the emergence of them. Uh, you wanted to see how well they would fare against a really good defense in the 49ers. Um, also, you want to see how Brock Purdy, the rookie, Mr. Irrelevant, would do. Um, against the Eagles in a big game like that, and he didn't fare well whatsoever. No, uh, and I'm a, I'm gonna call out the 49ers right now, okay? Okay. I, I promise. Like, as someone that's been watching football, played in high school, not trying to hype myself up or anything, but like, I, I know a little bit about it. They straight up gave up like midway through the second half. And I get it. I get that the quarterbacks were hurt. They were about to be on number five, and it was going to be emergency. Christian McCaffrey, a quarterback. I get it. Yeah. But they straight gave up in like late the late third quarter. And I mean, it. I, I get it if it's like a regular season game or even a wild card where you're like, you know, we made it, but it ain't our year. You're one game away from the Super Bowl, yeah. and you straight gave up. Yeah. 
I, I, you know, I was, it was, like, yeah. I was, uh, I was watching it with my roommate and another friend. Like we were just saying, like this is ridiculous. Like they are seriously not trying to win anymore. It was really the Christian McCaffrey show when it came to the offense for the Niners, and rightfully so. I mean, Brock Purdy got hurt, um, was playing a little banged up, and didn't look too well when he was playing. Um, and when you really can't get that uh, that pass game going, especially against the Eagles, um, you know, it, it, it's an uphill battle for sure. And I think everybody knew that. You're coming down to Josh Johnson, which I'm going to say it, that guy's a bum. I don't know why he keeps getting jobs in the NFL. He's never impressed me whatsoever. I, that's a guy you need to go back to the XFL. I'm tired of seeing that clown and seeing a post every time on Instagram when Josh Johnson r- randomly gets a star every year. But, oh, he's played for so many teams. He's the ultimate NFL vet. He sucks. He stinks. That's a guy that shouldn't have been playing in the first place. Yeah, they kind of try to compare him to, like, Geno Smith. But no, it's, it's totally yeah. different because Geno actually, like, did really well Josh this year. Josh Johnson yeah. is not good. I'm sorry. And that's coming from the fat radio host here. I acknowledge <laughs> that. But, I mean, Josh Johnson's not that dude. Let's stop hyping up guys that have been on 20 different teams in their career for 10 years. I mean, there's a reason he's been on 20 different teams. He's played in defunct football leagues. Yeah, I mean, this is not a quality talent we got here. And rightfully so, what do you expect from your fourth-string quarterback? But nonetheless, Niners a huge disappointment. A lot of that was due to injuries. Really couldn't handle the pressure from the Eagles. They were just great all game. I mean, on offense and defense. Jalen Hurts did not impress me whatsoever. Uh, but he really didn't have to be impressive considering that the defense set up a lot of opportunities for them. They just had to capitalize on it. And they really capitalized it in the run game. And that's kind of been the Eagles' M.O. this year. Jalen Hurts might not throw for 300 yards a game, but they're going to get that run game going, and they're going to get some big plays in the pass game every once in a while that set up the run. Uh, they stuck to the game plan. They stuck to what they do all year, and it proved to be uh, very successful for them. And uh, that's, you know, give credit where credit's due. They built that team right in the offseason. They capitalized on a lot of bad moves. I would say specifically the Panthers. The Panthers not re-signing Hassan Reddick, who was a really good sack machine artist and was in this game getting two sacks against the uh, 49ers. And, uh, like, the Giants getting rid of James Bradbury, who was a lockdown corner, grabbing him, and he's been really good for them. They just really went all in on defense and free agency, getting guys like Darius Slay, um, among many others, like the two I just mentioned, and Domicon Sue now joining them. Uh, and how can I forget East U alum Linval Joseph, who has been a really big impact player for them down the stretch. And uh, it's proven to work out for them. It's proved to be a recipe for success. You know, they say defense wins championships. We'll see if that carries over for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I, I just want to mention, they outscored uh, in the two postseason games, they outscored the Giants and the 49ers. Are you ready for this? Okay. 69-14. to 14. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always question the Eagles, but I can't argue against that. I will say I think the NFC is way weaker than the AFC, but, hey, they're winning the games they need to win. You're only as good as your opponent, and they're clearly way better than their opponent. So, yeah, good at that. I wasn't a believer uh, midway through the year because, you know, there's always that team that's got the good record and it seems like they're going to like make it all the way in, like the Steelers a few years ago yeah. when they were 11-0. I thought the Eagles were like a fake team like that, a phony team, but, they, I mean, they, they proved it. They're not. Yeah, no. All the more power to them. Um, congrats to Gardner Minshew and Linval Joseph, former ECU Pirates, who are on the Eagles roster, going to a Super Bowl. Uh, Gardner Minshew, by the way, getting some play in that game. You ready for these numbers right here? Okay. Two carries for negative two yards. Woo! 
Hey, good for you, champ. Woo! Yeah, there we go. You got in the game. Good for you, champ. <laughs> Maybe he'll get a snap in the in the bowl. Yeah, there we go. Um, moving on to the AFC Championship game. Um, I know people are kind of upset with the calls at the end with the refs. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, that's the way it's kind of been this year. The refs have been really inconsistent. They yeah, but no, the the main one that people are complaining about is that hit out of bounds at the very I end. I thought that was a valid I, penalty, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, he hit him out of bounds. It was just a dumb play. I mean, I, I feel sorry for the kid because I've seen um, some viral vittle videos making it on the social media rounds when it comes to, um, let me find the kid's name real quick. The young linebacker, I believe he was. He might have been defensive end. Joseph Osai. Osai. I'm not sure if I got that right. Something like that. Had that hit out of bounds late on uh, Patrick Mahomes. Got an unnecessary roughness penalty that set up pretty much the Chiefs for a repeat third down. And I saw his players and his own teammates grilling him and blaming him for the loss um, in the locker room afterwards. I also saw that. That was crazy. I mean, come on. you got to be a good teammate. Like, the season's over. Well, i gotta call out, uh, I got to call out the offense here for the Bengals. You know, something we've been praising all year. Joe Burrow didn't have his best game. In he that didn't game. look. He didn't look good to me. Yeah, no. And something that really stood out to me about Joe Burrow, and that's really stood out to me his whole career. And I don't think it's not necessarily a knock on him, but he takes a lot of chances when he doesn't necessarily have to take chances. He makes a lot of like high risk throws when he don't have to make high risk throws and double coverage, triple coverage. Most of the time, he makes. But there's yeah. no need to have to do them most of those times. It's a double-edged sword. It's you, like the the, yeah. the Brett Favre effect, you yeah. know. That's yeah. all good and well when it's working, but when it's not, um, you know, the finger starts pointing or the fingers point back to you, and the finger point goes your way. Um, unfortunately, it didn't because that that guy, you know, hit um, Mahomes late out of bounds, and people he's kind of been the scapegoat. But Burrow, let me give you the numbers here: twenty-six for forty-one. 270 passing yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. That does not scream elite quarterback to me whatsoever in a big game like that. A guy that people are proclaimed as the next Tom Brady, those are not Tom Brady numbers. No, they're not. And I will say the two picks, at least one of them was a tip drill. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe should have been batted down, and I get that. But you you got to play a little better than that. I mean, it's the championship. Uh, but all in all, though, I, I did want the Bengals to make it. I really did. Yeah. But I, I do like that the Super Bowl is, at least in my opinion, legitimately like the two best teams from each conference. I agree. It's probably one of the first years we've seen in a long time where you legitimately have the best team from the AFC and the best team from the NFC. And I think it's a great point that you brought up there. We haven't seen that um, in quite a while. But uh, just going back to that, to Joe Burrows, to defend Burrow a little bit, I think the offensive line clearly still has some issues. And when you have issues on the offensive line, you have to establish the run game. They cannot get the run game going all night. And that's credit to the Chiefs' defense, which even till this day gets a lot of slack, looked great in that game. Yeah, they did. You held one of the best offenses in the league, the 20 points in the AFC Championship game. Sacked Burrow a lot. Let me get the numbers here. One, two. I don't want to count it, but nonetheless – that he got sacked a good amount there. Burrow constantly under pressure. And, uh, I mean, it's not a recipe for winning. Let's see, two, three and a half, four and a half, five sacks. You can't win. You can't win with five sacks. Gets five sacks, especially in the AFC Championship game. Looking at the run game, Joe Burrow was his leading rusher for his team. See, now that's sad. Yeah, no, it is. It is. When your offensive line is lackluster, you have to establish a run to set up the pass and relieve some pressure. They couldn't do that. Joe Mixon who I really thought was going to be the key offensive player for the Bengals come this game. His performance was going to determine how good the Bengals were going to be. Um, 
Eight carries for 19 rushing yards. That's horrendous. Absolutely terrible, especially for a guy people consider an elite running back. Not good. Samaje Piron, five carries for 22 yards. Did have a touchdown, but nonetheless, not a great day rushing the ball for the Bengals whatsoever. In the past game, T. Higgins uh, balled out. Um, but it just was not enough. Oh, he had a crazy touchdown. Yeah. As much crap as we're talking about Burrow, that, that touchdown and yeah. the double coverage, that, that was a great throw. Yeah. You don't, you shouldn't have to make those throws though. You shouldn't have to, people argue you're playing the Chiefs, it's a well-oiled machine, you gotta take chances, but sometimes enough is enough. You gotta play smart football, and that's what separates the elite quarterbacks from the very good ones. And I don't think Burrow, I'm dare I say it, is an elite quarterback right now. Uh, see, elite, I, I'm thinking top three quarterbacks in the league. I don't think Burrow is quite there yet, but he's right on the cusp. See, I think he is there, but I, I really do think he's got the Brett Favre effect of like the highlight reel is going to look really amazing, yeah. but the low light reel is going to look absolutely horrendous. And we've seen it before with him. It's been overlooked because he's had so much success early in his career, but we even saw it in his rookie year before he got hurt. Took a lot of chances. Oh, he he's careless with the yeah, football. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll come with time. Maybe he'll get better with it. I still think coaching in Cincinnati with Zach Taylor is still very lackluster. You know, he's been sticking around mainly because they got a Super Bowl appearance and because he got Burrow. I mean, Burrow is kind of what's keeping that offense together um, outside of guys like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. You have to get the quarterback situation figured out. They got it figured out. I think if he gets some better coaching, it would be a different story. Nonetheless, another classic AFC championship here. Um, I don't think it was as controversial as people would like to say it was. Um, I will say, those calls have gone against the Chiefs before in AFC Championship they have. games. Yeah. Who can forget that uh, roughing the passer on Brady yeah. uh, at the end of the... Oh, that, that was completely so BS. That, that was what? complete yes. BS. Yeah. That made me so mad. So for the people that say they want to see the Golden Boy and Mahomes and the Chiefs go to the, the Super Bowl, we've seen it go against them before. We've seen it not work out for them. And get, they get some questionable calls against them so people are going to scream the refs every every game not even just the playoffs every game someone's complaining about the refs i've seen stuff even get uh traction on twitter where people legitimately believe the nfl is rigged oh no that's a real thing that people think is going on seriously yeah and to be fair was not a good year for refs this year for uh, across football as a whole and college football and the nfl i'm not quite sure why that is but um uh, you know, just some of these questionable calls, especially late down the stretch. I don't think this game was a good example of it, but we've seen it throughout the year this year. I can think back to when the Panthers, uh, DJ Moore scores the touchdown, takes his helmet off, it gets reversed, they end up losing the game. Well, we've seen that happen all throughout the year and there's no call. It's just been a lot of inconsistency, a lot of weird calls out of nowhere for no reason. It seems like sometimes the ref want to let things slide and let them play, other times they don't. There just has to be some consistency, and I think there is some substance to the matter for the people that believe it is rigged. I'm not necessarily saying it is rigged. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But the fact the refereeing is being so inconsistent, I think the refs just have to be better. Otherwise, you're going to get that kind of like irrational criticism. For sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, they're. Uh, you brought up a good point. I mean, it's almost like the replacement refs uh, that one year. Was it 2013? Uh, some this would be a good Philip question, but that, yeah, it would. Where's Pilkington when you need him? Man? <laughs> yeah, he's I don't know. Who knows? Nonetheless, he's, um, he's at lunch with one of his friends. Oh, <laughs> uh, he loves he loves no he loves, oh, he lunch, loves the and lunch and dinner, baby. He loves the lunch. There's lunch and dinner. I love Philip. Nonetheless, um, Kansas City Chiefs. They also have a local talent um that's heading to the Super Bowl with them. Who could forget Cornell Powell, the J. H. Rose alum, 
great friend of the show, came in studio with us before the season. Oh, he signed the um, 94-3 banner, right? He did, yeah. He gave us some insight on Trevor Lawrence and Pat Mahomes and playing with Deshaun Watson. And very nice guy. Good to see him. He's going to be on the roster for their Super Bowl appearance against the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57. Congrats to him. I know it was a lot. Of, it took a lot of hard work being cut, then going back on the team, working his way on the practice squad. Um, at some points, being on the active roster. Um, got to give him a lot of credit, a lot of respect to him. We're pulling for him. Definitely a great thing to see. Well, the Super Bowl is set. The Chiefs and the Eagles um, finding the opening line here. I am interested to see what people have when it comes to the early action on that game. Um, what would you think the line would be, Chris? Would you think the Chiefs or the Eagles would be favored? Oh, definitely the Eagles. Really? Yeah. You think the Eagles would be favored over the Chiefs? Yeah, because the the Chiefs have like the Mahomes effect of like it, no matter how good the roster ever is, it, there's going to be the people saying if they didn't have Mahomes, they wouldn't be anything. The Eagles, like I would, I wouldn't even say Jalen Hurts is like the center point of that team. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The the, the Eagles are very well rounded. I think people are really sleeping on the Chiefs' defense, though. I think the Eagles' defense is way more dynamic. They're more flashy. But the Chiefs, especially in that front seven and that pass rush, do what needs needs to be done. It might not be the flashiest, but they're constantly getting pressure on quarterbacks and stopping the run. Um, I think that proves to win some Super Bowls, especially when you got the experience of a Pat Mahomes and you have very experienced receivers. Might not have elite-level receivers like a Tyreek Hill, but it's very experienced and solid receiver hey, across the board on the Chiefs. They got Kelsey. They got and, Kelsey. Uh, did you see the video uh, of him? Uh, he pulled out like the Rock quote talking about the mayor. Uh, we should have pulled that. Yeah, we should. If you could find it on Twitter real quick, we should play that. Real but let's quick. come back to that. In the meantime, um, do it while I'm getting the line here. Okay. Eagles, believe it or not, this is crazy. Very thin opening line here. Eagles favored by only a point in the opening lines. Lines according to Vegas here. Um, definitely interested. I'm telling you, I'm taking the under on that one, and I'm going Chiefs straight up. Moneyline has the Eagles favored 116, minus 116. That means, basically, if you bet $116, you would win $100. And it's the same for the Chiefs, 102, the money line minus 102. So if you bet 102, you win 100. Um, all right, we got it. What, right, oh, yeah. Whenever you're ready to cue that up, go for it, Chris. I appreciate that. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You got to fight for your right to party. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that Cincinnati mayor is not getting reelected. You know, he talked a lot of junk. Uh, people were calling Arrowhead Burrowhead because Burrow had dominated the Chiefs. He had never lost against the Chiefs um, in his career. So people feeling mighty confident, including the Cincinnati mayor who called the Chiefs out before that game. And what a perfect response. See, I, people keep uh, fixating on, like, and I love The Rock, and I think that was hilarious. But I like at the end when he's like, you got to fight for yeah. that, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah that he's was so awesome. Um, you know, so you got a lot of storylines coming into the Super Bowl. Uh, it's the Kelsey Bowl. You got Jason Kelsey versus Travis Kelsey, the Kelsey brothers. Hey, shout out to their mom. She's winning. Either way, she's winning. Yeah, absolutely. She would be the first. I'm going to throw all these random stats out here. Philip would love this. Oh, God. Here we go. He's, she's going to be the first mom to see her two sons play in a Super Bowl or have sons that play against each other in the Super Bowl. I saw that. Hey, that mom's winning. Yeah. That absolutely. mom's winning. Um, another 
Another couple of quick notes. Uh, first Super Bowl in history where two black starting quarterbacks would be playing against each other. I saw that. Hey, yeah. Black History Month. There we go, baby. Um, then what was the other one? Andy Reid against his former team in the Eagles. That that one was also interesting because yeah. he he's been doing the same like weird smirk for years. Yeah, and I saw like some kind of meme where they put like a when he was the coach of the Eagles and the Chiefs with that weird little like smirk that he does with the mustache coming over. It's hilarious. Random side note: How fitting is it that Andy Reid coaches a team that looks like a McDonald's like sponsorship? Oh, that might have been what brought him there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he loves his hamburgers. Oh, he loves the hamburgers. One quick note on the gambling aspect of things: uh, We're still waiting to see what happens in the uh, the general. Assembly and the uh, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a big politics guy with the state when it comes to sports betting. But uh, one more quick note when it comes to the Super Bowl over under in terms of total points is 49 and a half. I'm going to just go as far as to say I'm taking over in that one. I don't know anything about it, so I don't really know. Well, listen to me. Okay. Over under 49 and a half total points scored. So if you take both teams, however many points they're going to score. However many points are scored in that ball game between both teams, is it going to be over 49 or is it going to be under 49? They throw that half in there. But I, let's I, say I, over I'm going to say it's over. under. I'm going over. I'm going over. Uh, the defenses are both so good, though. That's true. I could see it being just like the AFC Championship game where it's a 24-20 game. Mahomes is on one leg. They had three of their best receivers out. Like, Yeah, I don't I don't see it going over like near 50 points. I really don't. Yeah. I could see it either way, really. Um, you know, if I was a betting man and I'm not, um, I would take the over. Just for, just why not? Um, well, that's going to do it for the Super Bowl preview and our quick recap of the AFC and NFC Championship games. Another classic in the AFC, uh, a big stinker in the NFC, and the Niners have a lot of questions moving forward. Coming up on the other side, we'll talk the latest headlines in sports. Maybe a little Royal Rumble talk towards the end. You know, oh, Royal yeah. Rumble happening over the weekend. Yeah. All that and much more on the other side, right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game. Are you missing a tooth? Doctors Bowman, Paget and Associates can help you with state-of-the-art surgical procedures such as dental implants. Bowman, Paget and Associates agree that dressing up like a pirate for game day is one thing, but smiling like one may not be the way you want to go. Smile like a movie star instead. Schedule your appointment at BowmanPaget.com. That's BowmanPaget.com. Time now for an update from Town Insurance. I've got my friend Jim Clement in the studio with me. Jim, great to see you. What's new at Town Insurance? What's new, Henry, is our growth in this state. We have now exceeded $60 million in revenue with 300 employees over both states, Virginia and North Carolina. But North Carolina, our footprint goes from Corolla down to Wilmington to Kinston, Greenville, Raleigh, and our newest operation in Charlotte. So, Jim, what does that mean for all of your clients and uh, friends in eastern North Carolina? Because of town's massive resources, meaning access to more companies, and markets, we are able to serve all of our clients right here in eastern North Carolina with their personal lines, their commercial lines, their life and health needs, or their small business needs. We continue to hear more and more about town insurance, and uh, it's great to have you in here giving us an update today. How about people who aren't doing business with you right now in eastern North Carolina? What would you say to them? Come to town today. What's the telephone number? 756 
800-800-8300. Are you suffering from hair loss, bald spots, receding hairlines? There's a new solution for men and women that uses regenerative medicine to stimulate hair follicles and give you thicker, fuller hair with no surgery. This remarkable treatment is now available here from the regenerative specialists at QC Kinetics. That's right. The same protocols that help relieve joint pain can be used to give new life to dormant hair follicles. QC Kinetics medical professionals can use growth factors from your own body, concentrated and applied to your scalp, restoring hair follicles, preventing further loss, and increasing hair growth. Imagine thicker, fuller hair with no expensive surgery and no downtime. So if you're losing your hair due to aging, pattern baldness, or a medical condition, call now to learn more about exciting natural biologic treatments, regenerative medicine that can stimulate those dormant hair follicles. Get your hair growing naturally again. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 252-765-PAIN. That's 252-765-7246. 252-765-PAIN. This is about you, your family, and the health of all who live in eastern North Carolina. This is about the transformation of a health system into something more powerful and more human. About creating new ways to treat disease and keep you well. This is about ECU Health, which is to say, it's really all about you. ECU Health. Minds. Hearts. Purpose. Greenville's number one sports show is back. I understand. Yeah, I understand. No, ready. Yeah, I'm ready. It's the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barn filling in for the P-Man who should be back tomorrow. Also remind you that coming up at 6 o'clock, we'll have the ECU, Inside ECU Athletics live from Logan's Roadhouse, the ECU Coaches Show with Mike Schwartz. Should be a lot of fun there. Still waiting what players will be joining them and if there will be some players joining them. Uh, ECU basketball back in action Wednesday at 7 o'clock as they travel to South Florida, much like the women's team. South Florida coming off a really good stretch here recently. Haven't been winning, but have been very competitive. They've lost to some really good teams. Uh, they're coming off a loss to SMU where they barely, nearly lost 82-80. to 80. Um, not, a, not the best team in SMU, but have played competitive against teams like Temple. Uh, they beat UCF, who a lot of people believe might back, excuse me, UCF might backdoor their way into an NCAA tournament. Um, played very well against Houston before our game, our previous game with South Florida. So South Florida, despite not being doing too well in their record-wise and not doing too well in the conference standings, have been very competitive and getting their stuff together. I've been critical of Brian Gregory, um, you know, with a lack of talent really there, and they've really had it hard pressed when it comes to recruiting. He's had a, he's got a, a competitive group brewing down there, um, and they won the rivalry game. So you know, what, for what that's worth, we'll see if Brian Gregory sticks around past this year. But South Florida, very fun team to watch. Parts back in action Wednesday at seven o'clock. We hear from Mike Schwartz and his pre-USF comments tomorrow. But a quick note here in our daily pirate report. Cue it up, Chris. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Mike Schwartz speaking to the media after their disappointing loss to Wichita State, 85-72 in Minji's Coliseum yesterday. Here is his opening statement and his quick reactions to the loss to the Wheat Shockers. 
Uh, give Wichita State a ton of credit. They came in here and kicked our butt uh, every which way, up and down, right from the tip. Very disappointed uh, with our competitiveness and our effort the first 32 minutes of the game. Proud of the group that finished the game uh, in the last eight minutes and just in terms of competitive spirit. Uh, but very disappointed uh, with the fact that I didn't think we had the fight that it takes to compete against anybody, let alone a team that is one of the better teams in this league, a team that we had gone on the road and won a game. Our guys understood uh, the kind of effort it would take to go, but uh, understanding it and executing it are two different things. Parts are now ninth in the conference standings. They're now 2-7 and seven in conference play. They'll take on South Florida, who's also 2-7 and seven in conference play and sitting at 10 in the conference standings. Wichita State improves to 7th in the conference. Um, Parts... You know, it's a rebuilding year, been competitive, not a great performance on their part. R.J. Felton scored 22 in that game. That was good enough to get a conference honor roll nominee or honor. Um, R.J. Felton continues, really a good second-half guy, but continues to kind of be the rock as we are without Javon Small, who Mike Schwartz says might be out for three to four weeks and may not play uh, again this season. Moving on, um, that's going to do it for our Daily Pirate Report. Now getting into our 94 through the game sports update. We're going to call it just the sports headlines of the day. We'll make it a whole segment. This is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIO initiative directly supporting part student athletes. For more information on to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. Get into the headlines of the day and what's happening in the world of sports. A lot of interesting headlines. Let's get into the Carolina Panthers. You know I like to really give them hell. Um, <laughs> But I think they're off to uh, – I, I like Frank Reich. I think he's off to a great start. He's taking no crap from the owner or that crappy GM and Scott Fitterer, who I think is one of the most overrated GMs. Um, well, it's not like he's getting like a lot of praise like nationally in the media, but Panthers fans love him just because he does a lot of flashy trades that are really equated to nothing. But uh, nonetheless, they seem to have disagreements about the coordinator spots. Frank Reich clearly wants to go one way. The GM, the ownership, wants to go another. It was reported Vic Fangio, former Broncos head coach, uh, one of the top defensive coordinator candidates out there right now when it comes to open vacancies. Um, he wanted him. Vic Fangio, experienced defensive coordinator, experienced head coach, would have been one of the marquee hires when it comes to coordinator gigs in the National Football League. Um, unfortunately, that did not work out, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. He was on track, if he did sign with the Panthers, to be the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the NFL. It seemed like Frank Reich was leaning more towards that, and uh, David Tepper and Scott Fitterer are more against it. So the the coach and the GM and the ownership, before the coaches even arrived and really gotten started, already having disagreements. Next up on the menu, drama. <laughs> <laughs> drama alert. It's like those YouTube channels. But, hey, I like to see it. Frank Reich. He's even said it, and I like this comment. He's not going to hire his buddies, and that was a big thing that plagued Matt Rule. I'm going to get every guy that worked with me at Temple and Baylor, including on the roster player-wise, and that did not prove to be a recipe for success. Frank Reich said he's not hiring his buddies. He's going to take a very objective approach when it comes to this process and find the best guys for the job, and I love to hear that. Taking a look at some more of the headlines, Tommy Paul Took on Djokovic in the Australian Open. Lost six sets to two. I don't know much about tennis, but Tommy Paul, a Greenville native, um, got pretty far in that. Good to see that young guy in the tennis ranks. Took on a tennis legend, came up short, but that's nothing to be ashamed about. Uh, we're pulling for him. He did very well, represented Greenville well. 
Um, taking a look at some other headlines here. Niners have already committed to Brock Purdy next year as their starting quarterback. Well, he has a torn UCL in his elbow. Might explain some of the problems he were having um, in that NFC Championship game. And uh, that begs the question, what do the Niners do next year if he's not able to recover in time? Uh, you don't. It seems like they're willing to dish out or get rid of Garoppolo and Trey Lance. What's your backup plan if that's the case? What do you do? I, I think they're going to keep running with Trey Lance. Yeah. Have I, they publicly said we're planning on moving on from Garoppolo and Trey Lance? No, they, 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 they've already committed. This is something that's been reported by ESPN, like the NFL Network, all those guys, Schefter, Rappaport. Okay. They've already committed to Brock Purdy next year. Probably, probably was way too premature. Probably got caught up way in the moment. But uh, nonetheless, they've committed to him. We'll see if that stands. Okay, so I'm saying that they, they get rid of Garoppolo. And they have like a little competition between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. That that's my final verdict. See, I don't think Trey Lance is good either. So I'm interested to see, you know, who wins that yeah, battle. But, and what but they, they just do throw that away that pick though, like that. I mean, he's barely had any. It was a bad pick in the first place. I mean, that was a guy coming that draft who had not played football in almost two years. Yeah, it was I, a questionable pick from the jump. We'll see how it goes. Um, they've already been kind of shopping him around. We'll see if that carries over. Um, Bengals' Jermaine Pratt, who was seen in that viral video, really uh, grilling the uh, young Bengals' defensive inner linebacker that hit Patrick Mahomes late for that unnecessary roughness penalty late in that ball game. He's already come out and said he regretted his decision. He got caught up in the moment. That was kind of my first reaction. Guy clearly is very emotional. You know, they they had a chance to win that game. And, uh, you know, a costly uh, mistake late. You get caught up in it. You see it in sports all the time. By the end of the day, it's like we say. Like everybody says, it's a team sport. There's a lot of things that happened in that game that contributed to the loss. That one, obviously, a main factor, but it wasn't the only factor. Yeah, and I get it if there's a game left. Like, yeah. you're trying to fire yeah. the guy up, like, hey, you need to get it together. Like, stop doing this bull crap. Mm-hmm. The season's over. Mm-hmm. Like, why make him feel even worse than he already feels? I think just the fact it was sitting in, you were that close. All the emotion you put into it, you had a chance to win. And for it to come down to something like that. I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, I do get it. And still, you have to stop them. It wasn't like the game was over right then and there. I mean, the defense still had to get a stop, and they didn't do it. Maybe you can bring Jermaine Pratt for that. What the hell did you do on that final drive? Matter of fact, what the hell did Jermaine Pratt do the whole game or the whole year for they that? Were yeah, exactly. They were lacking. Yeah, they were lacking. Chargers hiring Kellen Moore as their new OC. Uh, thank God, a guy that was um, you know, linked to a lot of head coaching vacancies, mainly the Panthers. Kind of lost that of his last couple of uh, play-calling gigs or play-calling games for the Cowboys towards the end of the year. Now getting the job for the Chargers. And the Chargers, once again, you got uh, Brandon Staley as your head coach who makes questionable decisions. Now you add another questionable play-caller and Kellen Moore on your offensive court or your for your offense. Um, Chargers, I'm going to see this team underperforming for the next couple of years, just mainly looking at what they have as the higher-ups and who they have calling that team. A lot of inexperienced guys and a lot of guys that just get too caught up in the moment or try to be too flashy instead of making the smart calls. And uh, I think that's really going to hinder Justin Herbert's development. Yeah, I think they're going to have the the Falcons effect, you know, after the Super Bowl where they there was high hopes like, hey, it went wrong this year, but we'll get it together. And it just progressively keeps going downhill every single year. Well, part of the problem with the Falcons is Dan Quinn, I don't think, was a great head coach. Kyle Shanahan was a big factor of why that offense was clicking for the Falcons. And you saw it take a huge step down when he left. Uh, we'll see if that'll be the fit case for the Cowboys, and we'll see if things change for the Chargers. Maybe this will be a good move for the Chargers. 
nonetheless, that's pretty much your headlines of the day. NFL tells the teams their caps will move up. Um, who cares? We're not getting into the X and O's of that. Nonetheless, coming up, maybe some Rumble Talk to close it out here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Ooh, yeah, brother. Hey, there's only two <laughs> big pay-per-views you have to talk about. The Rumble and WrestleMania. It happened over the weekend. More on that. On the other side, the Patrick Johnson Show to wrap it, wrap it up here on 94.3 The Game. The Pitch. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. That ball is gone. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game. Hello, Eastern North Carolina. I'm Matt Murchison here at Greenville Nissan. Happy New Year brings a new car in the Nissan lineup right now. And I'm along with Scotty Turner. Happy New Year, my Happy friend. New Year. And we got something you. pretty slick right here, don't we? We do. And Matt is referring to the all-new Nissan 2023 Nissan Aria. That's right. This is our 100% electric EV SUV. The things that really impress me about this the most is all the technology that you get in this vehicle. Matt, when we talk about safety features, pro-pilot assist, oh, yeah. we talk about up to 300 miles on the charge with, a, with an SUV crossover that's going to give everybody the options that they're looking for in a full, wonderful EV class SUV. You're exactly right. There was no compromise on the style and sophistication or the technology on this vehicle. It is. We've got to keep in mind, we've got seven models to choose from, mm -hmm. four different powertrains, so depending on what you're looking for, mm -hmm. we, Nissan has plenty to choose from, and it's also available in all-wheel drive. That's right. Come to Greenville Nissan and GreenvilleNissan.com. Check it out. Demo one. Order it right here from Greenville Nissan, where we drive, yes, sir. Hey, Greg Fussell here, proud alumnus of East Carolina University and fourth-generation winemaker at Duplin Winery, the largest winery in the South. I hope you'll look for our new delicious cotton candy wines in your neighborhood store or come try my favorite, cotton candy lime, with me in Rose Hill, take a tour, and have lunch in our bistro. If you're in the North Myrtle Beach area, you can come sit and sip on our front porch and enjoy some great music. As always, I'm grateful for your support. Go Duplin and go Pirates. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Pirate Report, brought to you by our pirate partners, Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood. Bring the whole family for great food. If it's not Moore's, it's less. Caripsy Restaurant in Emerald Isle. Exceptional steak, locally sourced seafood, and delicious signature cocktails. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color. Eastern North Carolina's Fantastic Sam's are locally owned and operated to make you look great. Just a few days ago, former Pirate pitcher Ben Terwilliger signed with the Lincoln Salt Dogs, a team out of the American Association of Professional Baseball League. They are official partner of Major League Baseball, however, are not an affiliate for a specific team. The team is based out of Lincoln, Nebraska. They share a baseball facility with the Nebraska Cornhuskers baseball team. Last year with the Pirates and his only season with the Pirates, Ben Terwilliger posted a 3.86 ERA. He had a 2-0 and record in 27 appearances. Also recorded 5 saves in 35 innings pitched with an opponent batting average of 1.98. He did only allow 3 home runs and 1 triple. No doubles. He recorded 46 strikeouts and only walked 13 batters. That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Pirate Report. I'm Philip Pilkington. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. 
Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Here to wrap it up, it's Vin B. Baby Byram and Chris Cook on the ones and twos. We're leading you the Inside ECU Athletics Coaches Show. Mike Schwartz joining the uh, joining Jeff Charles, the voice of the Pirates at Logan's Roadhouse. No players tonight, just Mike Schwartz. So they get ready to take on USF Wednesday in Tampa. Uh, a couple of quick reactions to the Royal Rumble over the weekend. I think the right man won in Cody Rhodes. I think it sets up a huge event at WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, possibly. I'm excited for it. I loved Lesnar getting eliminated so fast. Yeah, and I like the fact that, uh, you know, it made him look strong because he just, like, I think he, like, just dominated, like, Baron Corbin before he oh, got he in the Oh, he beat the, the crap out of him. And everybody hates Baron Corbin, so that was awesome. Everybody looked good in it. It's one of my favorite Royal Rumbles in recent memory, I would say. It might be number two in the last five years for me. 2020 was the 10 out of 10. This one might have been, like, an 8 or 9 out of 10, honestly. Now, I would say this. This Royal Rumble would be even better if um, Cody Rhodes wins the title at WrestleMania. And I think he has to. The biggest baby face right now, Roman Reigns, is going away to do movies. It's the way to go. I, I want to see Cody win. I feel bad that his dad and brother never got it. I want to see someone from the Rhodes family. They're get building the belt. to it. I think it's almost going to happen. And despite the fact I know it's going to happen, I feel like I still want to see it. Nonetheless, that's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Um, special thanks to Chris Cook Woo! on the ones and twos and providing production assistance and producing. I was Ben Byram, your host, and we'll be back at it live at five. The return of the P Man, all that and much more tomorrow, right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Inside ECU Athletics, next with Coach Mike Schwartz. Stay tuned, 6 o'clock, live from Logan's Roadhouse. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Pirate Report, brought to you by our pirate partners, Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood. Bring the whole family for great food. If it's not Moore's, it's less. Caripsy Restaurant in Emerald Isle. Exceptional steak, locally sourced seafood, and delicious signature cocktails. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color. Eastern North Carolina's Fantastic Sam's are locally owned and operated to make you look great. Just a few days ago...